0: Having a no, long... I yet
1: <laughs> I didn't know it could be so useful.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Got to look for the silver lining.
2: <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> so um, yeah.
3: okay, so the story and the question uh, is: What story is it going to be? By the way. Because we know how we're going to ask you, but what story are you telling?
1: Oh, um, so what I want to do is talk about.
0: Thank you for focusing us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was thinking it would be appropriate to talk about since, since one of the themes that we've had all along is that the vo- vote for Donald Trump was a vote for racism, right? So, one of the questions I think that people have is well, or were there other things going on? And I think the... Are we
0: still asking
1: that? Well, I, I don't know. I, I know there yeah. are apologists out there still. So I think it's worth...
0: The liberals.
1: Uh, the, there's a bunch of liberal apologists. We, we just need to f- understand them. Fuck understanding them. <laughs> but We're anyway. tired
3: of being told to reach across the aisle. Fuck you. No.
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs> I can't
3: negotiate yeah. with those people.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean... I I saw a meme. I don't know if we posted it on our little thread or where I saw it, but it was uh, my conservative friends tell me that my bleeding heart liberal, libtard, I just need to reach across even though I'm a communist trying to destroy America. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know, the words that they use for us. Oh, I know. Baby killer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think we ought
3: to flip it, you know, I mean, I really do. I, we've got to start calling them the radical right and yeah. right oh, yeah. extremists. Neo
1: Nazis, because that's what they the, are. I mean,
3: just, and I'm so happy that the, <sighs> that the fucking media has finally picked up on it. You know, I, as yeah. starting to I really them. like
0: white terrorists. I know. White terrorists. Or the, or the, what is it? Oh, people, most, uh, yeah. Well, what that's what my are personal people? favorite. <laughs> uh, uh,
2: white nationalists there. was a good one. Yeah, yeah. too. Because like, uh, even the cop that was in, uh, one of the DC cops interviewed afterwards, he's like, you know, the one that was stuck in the door, did you see that video of the guy stuck yeah. in the door? Yeah. They interviewed him, did you see his interview afterwards? Yeah. He <clears throat> said, he did.
3: what yeah. did he say? He said, uh, 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 "I thank you for helping me to the people who helped me, but fuck you for being there.
1: <laughs> oh, that was the other guy. That was that other guy, yeah. It, where, the, where they yeah. put the mask back on. Uh,
4: uh,
2: I no, him—the uh, one that said that was the one that they were beating. Yeah, uh, they're dragging down oh, the stairs the and they were beating with a flagpole. That was oh, him. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. He did. That was a good one too. But is the other does? guy, he was—he called them. He said, uh, "You know, the one that was stuck in the door. He's like, yeah, you know, they, they crushed me in the door. But uh, you know, any anytime, anytime, just to, to go against white nationalism and to stop that, I'm there for you. Know what I mean? I was like, That's like all the white nationalists. Yeah. Okay, yeah, wait, white team, white we can't
1: officer. keep talking. This is this is the show. Stop talking, Roy. <laughs> <laughs> we're not recording. We didn't it. Hey, y'all Hey morning.
4: Good morning. It's, it's hanging out there.
1: Hanging out, out there. there? Hopefully, not,
2: hopefully not alone. What the hell? Yeah. Wow.
1: He doesn't <laughs> he doesn't need pants. This is a Zoom call. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay. Just don't okay. stand
1: up while we're recording.
3: Let's get started right, and I'll just I... go ahead and start the inter- the, the introductions.
1: Yeah, do it. Hold All on. Right. Let me let me press record. Okay. Wait, hold on. Okay, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, I'm pressing record now.
3: Hey everyone, and welcome back to yet another fantastic episode of RPM Red Peace Machine, where uh our hosts are Roy Woody, Roy Casagranda, Banefsha Madaninajad, and Ramesh Nadine. And me, I'm Susie Sheeler and uh, we are coming at you uh, live, but you'll be watching it on tape. <laughs> so, uh, Let's go around and check everybody out. Ramesh, how are you doing today? What's going on?
4: Doing well, just, you know, made a little bit of breakfast, fought the birds over it. They were very interested in the tomatoes that they can't have. Yeah, doing well.
3: Well, that's great. <laughs> and and uh, what about you, Mr. Woody?
2: Uh, me doing well? Uh... Yeah, good week. Most exciting thing that happened to me was uh, my son finally found my wallet that he I knew he hid and he said he didn't, my five-year-old. <laughs> nice, so nice. doing well.
3: <laughs> and, after uh, I canceled <laughs> all my cards. <laughs> after, how are you today?
0: I'm doing good. Um, I was telling everybody I had uh, a tea, a, a jasmine green tea, 2 p.m. yesterday and it kept me up most of the night. Yeah. And then when I did sleep, I was dreaming of the Italian being stuck with the Italian mob and hits and this. It's just, it was just not, yeah. It was. It was special.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: <laughs> wow. What about you, Roy? Did you have trouble sleeping, or were you? Home?
1: <laughs> no, uh, I slept really well because, as a person who's part Italian, uh, mm-hmm. I was in Benafsha's dream, causing nightmares. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, you were with me. Oh, we oh, were in Morocco. Morocco. Oh, yeah. It was. It was. It was one of those dreams. We were Ooh. in Morocco, but with the beautiful tiles in the room and.
1: Speaking of Morocco, segue, Pompeo, an Italian American, just made it so the United States now recognizes that Morocco owns Western Sahara.
4: Mm.
1: Oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah. So now it'll it'll be difficult to undo that, right? Because you know, once once you do that, how do you undo that?
3: Have you heard about all the um the rumors uh, that the executive orders are going to come down, like the first one of the first ones, is going to allow like legalize all the illegal immigrants here, illegal immigrants. Oh. yeah. I I don't
1: know how you would have the, the um, authority do that it. without a without some kind of law being passed by Congress. But <laughs> yeah, you could I mean, certainly could reinstitute it. DACA, right? Right. Like you could you could go back to where we were. You could you could undo all of Trump's. Uh, executive orders, which is, I think what you'll do on the first one is the first executive order will be delete all of Trump's executive orders. Oh, right. Uh,
3: Especially with what, I mean, the, the hate that we're seeing at, at the, at the white, at the Capitol and all of it's so sad to see these blockades and all of these military people keeping us away from the people's house. It is so sad to me. You can't even walk by Pennsylvania Avenue right now. They've got these barricades up and you have to stand way on the other side of it. It's so sad.
1: Well, I mean, I think this is a a dangerous precedent, right? You don't want to have this kind of situation ever happen in a republic because It, it it literally what happens the next time there's a peaceful protest in front of the well, cap
0: i think that's what they're doing they're, they're actually putting a bar- permanent barricade around that's what i heard they're doing but yep. did we finish with the check-ins Susie? Yeah. did you go oh i'm fine
3: um, <laughs> um but i did because we're talking about this um we are talking about uh, a republic and how we started and we're Democratic Republic. And so we have Democrats and Republicans. We used to have a Democrat Republican Party. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Um, so then they split, but they split where, you know, now we look back and we say Republicans were pro-civil rights. What's going on? Right. So and then the Democrats flipped, too. And I'm wondering how that happened. I mean, why did conservative white Southern Democrats become Republicans?
1: okay so one of the fun myths in the united states is that let me tell you a story let me tell you a story (laughs) so let me tell you a story and one of the fun myths in the united states is that there was a flip um it's not that the two parties flipped positions it's not that the republican party was ever the people's party and the democratic party was the bad guy and they they became the good guy it's much more complicated than that so first of all the the, the Democratic Republican Party is the second party in the United States. The Federalist Party was first. The Democratic Republican Party ended up so powerful. The reason they were called that was they were they, they believed in republic, but their goal was to expand the amount of power that the public had. So they were going to make our republic more democratic. In other words, the name told you exactly what they were trying to do. They were trying to create a republic that had a strong democratic tendency. And the reason that Jefferson and Madison wanted to create a party like that was they believed that Madison's constitution, the one that was put into place in um, 1789, Gave too much authority to the rich and the only way to and and the rich were corrupt and they only cared about themselves and they made awful decisions. And the only way to counterbalance that was to give the middle class and the lower class more authority so that they could their their interests would then compete against the interests of the rich. And they were hoping it would it would kind of flatten things out a little bit. The United States would be better served that way. Jackson, Andrew Jackson, decided he was going to punish the Democratic Republican Party when he became president. Because even though he was a Democratic Republican, they had sided with John Quincy Adams in the previous election and cheated and stole his first election. Jackson won three elections, but he only served as president for his second and third victories. John Quincy Adams didn't just lose the popular vote in that first election. He also lost the Electoral College. Like, it was over-the-top crazy cheating. (laughs) How
3: did that happen without some kind of revelation?
1: The Constitution's rule for how we elected the president was poorly written because they didn't think it through and the Congress decided to use that as a loophole to take out Andrew Jackson because they were worried about having a he wasn't a commoner but he was upper middle class you know what I mean like he was he was a slave owner he had money but he wasn't from the noble class he wasn't aristocrat and they didn't want what new money he was new money and they didn't want that guy he wore a trench coat and he didn't wear a wig and he had a sidearm on his hip. You know, he was a—he <laughs> looked like a more normal person would have looked as, they, as we were genociding the Native Americans and doing slavery. Um, so <clears throat> he punished the Democratic Republican Party by dumping Republican and made it the Democratic Party. In other words, the Democratic Party is the Democratic Republican Party just renamed. And his, and, and his explicit goal was to make the United States an actual democracy. And that's why he changed the name. And the first thing he did was he threw, he got rid of the electoral college in the 1832 election. It was, we actually have had one non-electoral college election for president. And then we put it right back into place for 1836.
3: Was that the Baker v. Carr or was that lo- later?
1: Oh, that was, uh, Baker v. Carr was 1962. So that was 130 later. Uh, A years later. A
0: little bit later. Okay. So before before we go on anymore I I just um I'm just wondering so this was the week <laughs> this was the week that I think um has forever changed um I don't know maybe the relationship of the people to the Ameri- to American politics maybe American politics maybe everything I I just think it was such a momentous week um It was sort of a quantum jump away from democracy. It was, I feel different. I just feel different. That's all I know. (laughs) And I feel like, yeah, and I feel like everybody I talk to feels different. They feel like something palpably changed. So I like that we're talking about um, just foundational questions and- um,
3: What
0: happens to the Republican Party now? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a great question. Why are the Republicans who they are? How did they become who they are today? What was the beginning of this process of Republicanism in this country?
1: Yeah. Uh, Okay. so well, Mm -hmm. when Jackson does this to the Democratic Party, we were a one party system. The Federalist Party disintegrated. And in fact, most of the Federalists ended up joining the Democratic Republicans. So literally we were having Soviet-style one-party elections for president uh, in the early 1800s. When Jackson does his thing in 1829, renames the Democratic-Republican party, a group of Democratic-Republicans split off and create the Whig party. They were were called national Republicans as a faction within the Democratic-Republican party. They create the Whig party. And then in 1856, a new party is formed called the Republican party and the, the Republican Party was a strange coalition of Yankees. It was abolitionists and, and free soilers on the one side who were, who were commoners and activists. And on the other side, it was bankers and industrialists, big money. And so the Republican Party was literally born as a big money party. and wait, wait.
0: Democratic Party. No, the
1: Republican Party was a big money party. Okay. It was born that way, but it also had this abolitionist. Ah, okay. mm-hmm. And it also had uh, the the birth of a suffragist movement in the mix, because a lot of the abolitionists also wanted women to have the right to vote. And it's worth remembering that when the Constitution was ratified, five mm-hmm. states gave women the right to vote. Uh, they actually lost the right to vote in those five states. So, so this was a struggle to restore the right vote for women like the 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 idea that there's this progress that always goes in one direction in the united states is, is very illusion. anywhere yeah well, there...
3: wasn't the idea that a man would get two votes if the woman could if his wife yeah i mean or,
1: or his wife could cancel his vote
3: right right but that's, that was the argument that's rare. you don't that's more wife
1: canceling your vote
3: i think that's much rarer <laughs> than, <laughs> back then anyway
1: uh um, i don't know w- women tend to women tend to care about things like healthcare and education and men tend to be more authoritarian and
3: Back then, it, I don't think a woman would have ever voted against her husband's wishes. It was a totally different. I mean, I know.
1: So I think that's a myth. I think that yeah. women were way <laughs> yeah, more <laughs> Yeah.
0: Yeah. I
3: know some white women in Georgetown, Texas, who um, the biggest fight she ever got into was when she told her husband, she voted for a Democrat. They didn't
1: So that's today. I actually think women are much more cowed today than they were in the 19th century.
3: Oh, yeah? Okay. Oh, that's yeah. a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> no, I'm, I, I hear that.
1: I mean, the, between Christian fundamentalism, which is probably 30% of the U.S. population, we, we never had 30% of the United States population that was fundamentalist Christian. I mean, that's that's extraordinary. <laughs>
0: yeah, It was. it was, strangely enough... Um, the post-World War II, the man being able to bring home all the bacon, the woman sitting at home with her washing machine, twiddling her thumbs, that took the power out of the larynx of the women.
1: That's true, because the women were working class in yeah. the 19th century. At, yeah. at
0: that, at, before that, the woman's like... Bitch, I'm bringing home the money too. So
4: it all comes back to labor, right? Like, as soon as you have absolutely <laughs> as as the woman is no longer working outside of the household and you have labor saving technologies like dishwashers, things like this, all of a sudden women's labor doesn't matter in the same way except for a certain kind of labor, right? Reproductive labor. They still have to push out babies and do that. And that's, that's, that's where the, the, the value, the societal yeah. contribution, all of that comes from. And then we can have, you know, a woman's sphere and a men's sphere, uh, public and private, and do all that stuff. in, a, in a kind of Just
1: way. like the Athenians.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's so disheartening to find out that they were so anti-woman. I mean, I think I told you guys I was raised until <laughs> I was about 12, believing in the Greek gods. I mean, that was the only religion I'd ever learned. And
2: That's awesome. Yeah. I
3: mean, I didn't know from Jesus. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, that up. sounds awesome to me.
3: Well, I mean, and then you grow up and you, <laughs> yeah. you're like, what do you mean they died? What do you mean it's over? What- <laughs> <laughs> Where are they? Where's <laughs> they Zeus? <missing> somewhere. <laughs>
2: uh-huh.
1: <laughs> Speaking of Greek gods, our next mission to the moon is going to be called Artemis. It's really interesting that Apollo was the original mission to the moon, and that's the god of the sun, but he had a penis. And the goddess of the moon is only just now going to go to the moon that's you, that's the level of our sexism uh, you wanted
3: sexism. to send out the the man first to make sure it wasn't radi- radioactive
1: <laughs> right that must be it that's the explanation that's it that's yeah, it yeah for sure 100 percent. i'm sure that's true uh,
3: so okay so uh, what happened now with the democratic party because although they won all three houses i think there's a majority of us i hope it's a majority who think that I'm already pissed off at Biden? I mean, he just threw Katie Porter off the economics team. You know, I, I don't understand the point of that. That woman can whip out a a whiteboard at any moment, I'll tell you exactly why you shouldn't it's do so that. So amazing! I know, right? <laughs> so, I just wonder. I mean, what happens to us? Do we do do we continue to move further left, or do we just does everybody say, oh, we're in the middle, we're fine?
1: Okay, so, <laughs> let me tell you a story. <laughs> Wait, are,
0: you, are we continuing with that other story? I'm going back to it. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay, okay.
1: so, in 1860, you know, as you all know, Lincoln comes out of nowhere, defeats the, the Democratic Party, the Whigs don't even register at this point, and the Republican Party becomes the first third-party ca- party to ever defeat one of the two main parties in the United States, and the only one. Well... We end up in a period of time where there's rampant corruption, like U.S. Grant is a terrible president. He was corrupt. He was incompetent. And then we have a botched election that we talked about before in 1876. And then something crazy happens. In 1890, we enter into the Depression. So uh, Americans are really sloppy when they call the the Great Depression the Depression. The Depression was 1890. The Great Depression was uh, 1929. They they were 40 years apart. There were two separate events. That's why one of them has the adjective in there, because you need to modify the fact that it's not the the depression. In 1892, Grover Cleveland, a Democrat, runs for presidency for a third time. He had actually won the two previous elections, but the second election, he lost the electoral college. And so Benjamin Harrison was the president. So he's running against Benjamin Harrison for the second time, and he does it Get, cobbling together a coalition of liberals and socialists and evangelical Christians. You want me to put that list together again? Yeah,
3: please do. It's crazy, right?
1: 1892, the Democratic Party puts together a, a coalition of liberals, socialists, and evangelical Christians, and he wins a third election, popular vote, second election, electoral college, and, it, and it's why we count him twice. So Biden, when he becomes president, will be the 45th person, but he'll be the 46th president because Grover Cleveland got two separate terms. He immediately jettisons all the campaign promises he had made to the evangelicals, Mm -hmm. the socialists and the liberals. He completely dumps them, betrays them, backstabs them. full on and turns around and backs up the republicans he had run against and Mm -hmm. and basically becomes another republican president and then
3: Does does that happen
1: and and he ends up ushering in an age of a whole new wave of republicans the united states in 1876 voted for tilden instead of hayes because we were we were so sick of the republicans and their corruption and their incompetence and then the botched election puts Hayes in, even though he lost. And then we, we elect Grover Cleveland in 1892 to finally clean out the, the, the Republicans. And he, he backstabs everyone and keeps the Republicans in power. And so there is a serious threat that when you elect the president, he, he won't follow through, he will betray you. And Grover Cleveland needs to be in everybody's mind. There's a reason he's not on our money. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Dang. Up to that point, republicanism still meant let me get closer. Up to that point, Republic, republicanism still meant uh backing property, backing, but also the abolitionists and but abolitionists. abolition has already
1: happened. So but so now it's just suffrage. There's a little bit of a suffragist movement in the Republican Party. Okay. And then <laughs> 1900, by accident, Theodore Roosevelt becomes president. It's by accident because he was made vice president for William McKinley as a career ending event, right? Vice presidents don't become presidents. That's just a rule in the United States. Biden is the exception to the rule, um, but also Biden, you know, had a four-year break. So maybe that was I'm part of- i Dan he
3: Quayle was- to come out and win. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Jeb, it's all about Jeb. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Poor Jeb.
2: Remember
1: remember that speech where he's like, Really? Come on, people. Please clap. clap." Please clap. They're like, Whatever. I want to go vote for Trump. (laughs) You paid me to be in this audience. He was so sad. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's time to drop out. All right. So um, Roosevelt tears the lid off of everything. He goes after big business. He shreds big business. He completely betrays the Republican Party. Republican Party's freaking out. And then he only does two terms. They replace him with Taft, who's just another run-of-the-mill Republican. And Roosevelt's so angry about this because he thought he had transformed the Republican Party. He runs against Taft and ends up getting Woodrow Wilson to win a Democrat because he splits the Republican Party. He he actually got second place. The Bull Moose Party did better than the Republican Party in the in the 1912 election. Wilson comes in, KKK Wilson, and he's he fills the cabinet with Southern KKK members and he Mm. does everything he can to normalize the KKK. And you have to remember, Jim Crow didn't go into full effect until 1901. Right. Like, I think everybody thinks Jim Crow is a 19th century phenomenon. It's really a 20th century phenomenon. It's. (laughs) most of Jim Crow was in the 20th century. Jim Crow wasn't even fully in place until the 20th century. Wow. It, it, I think it's a way of making ourselves feel better by making it something that took place in the very distant past. Yeah. Absolutely, I would think that's true. Yeah.
4: It also interrupts that, that, that idea of like linear progress again, right, for us? Exactly.
1: So here's a question. I have a question for y'all. When did Texas fully become a red state? What, what year? Okay,
3: so when you say fully, what does that mean that we've never had a, a, a that between the time we had a blue governor and now? Because oh. I would say 1990. And Richards, right? <laughs> right yeah. after Ann Richards.
1: So, so Richards was defeated by Bush in 94. Mm-hmm. Which is mind-boggling. Just
3: that was all Clayton Williams' fault, quite frankly. When he likened rape to the weather, that was bad. And then, But that's why she won. Well, Actually, this is what I think happened. Uh, there was a big, um, they were on a panel yeah. and she got up to shake his hand and he said, I don't shake hands with liars, and that pissed Bubba off. You don't talk to a lady like that.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. well, then in '94, it was gun control that <laughs> yeah. gave George Bush the win, right? Yep, <sighs> okay, so so, but it wasn't '94. 94. 94, uh, only the governor was Republican. The lieutenant governor was a Democrat. The Democrats owned the Texas Senate. The Democrats owned the Texas House. So, what year was it when all the elected executive positions were Republicans, including the governor and the lieutenant governor, and the Senate and the House?
3: 2000.
1: You're yes. close. 2004. 2002. 2002. 2002. 2002. <laughs> so, we have been a red state for 19 years. Time but, we to, switch but that. But everyone thinks when God made Texas 5,000 years ago that he made it a Republican (laughs) state. Like it has been a conservative Republican state for for 5,000 years. And the answer is it's 19 years. So here's what happened. In 1960, well, really you should do 1954. In 1954, Brown versus Board of Education, Mm -hmm. right? And then there's a series of, of lawsuits that, that civil rights leaders win. Um, I, Browder v. I'm having a COVID brain moment. 1956, Browder v. Anyway, the bus desegregation mm-hmm. decision, right? So there's a series of these, this, these decisions. And then it leads us mm-hmm. to Civil Rights Act, 1964. LBJ, a segregationist, conservative democratic president, Signs into law, the Civil Rights Act.
0: Is it Brother V. Gale?
1: That's it. Mm -hmm. So crazy event, right?
4: Yeah.
1: The Republican candidate for president, Barry Goldwater, Mm. runs a, a completely insane, upside down political campaign. And the, the way you know it's so upside down is because of the results. Not only is he badly defeated, it's like the third biggest or fourth biggest defeat in US presidential election history. Not only is he badly defeated, he doesn't win any Northern states and he only wins one Southern state. The, the United States, the parties were regional. So, so we had 1.67 parties. We didn't have two parties. We had, a, we had the Democratic Party, which, which competed in the North, the South and the West. And then we had the Republican Party, which competed in the North and the West and had zero functioning presence in the South. So the South was, a, was like Soviet style election. The Democrat was gonna win in November, done. There's no two ways about it, right? And all of a sudden in 1964, Barry Goldwater wins six states, Arizona, his home state, the only Western state he wins, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, and <laughs> South Carolina.
3: You don't say.
1: He wins the five Deep South states. The Deep South voted for Lincoln's party. And what Barry Goldwater as, an, as a, a fascist, he was totally a full-on fascist. He was our first fascist candidate for president. What Barry Goldwater said was, if you elect me, I will get rid of the Civil Rights Act. That will be my first duty. And that's the moment when the Republican Party reenvisioned itself, not as a Yankee and Western Party, but as a party that needed to go after the South and get those conservative Democrats. And Nixon doesn't really pull it off, but he does to a degree, but he's not really the mastermind. It's Reagan. Reagan gets up in front of the country and says the Democratic Party is the liberal party and the Republican Party is the conservative party. And all of a sudden Bubba turns to Karen and says, I don't know how this happened, Karen, but I'm in the wrong party.
3: (laughs) I need to speak to your manager. Yeah. (laughs)
1: So in 1998, one of the best pieces of political science ever came out. It was... uh, Abramovitz and Saunders. Um, Alan Abramovitz asked a very interesting, beautiful, lovely, amazing question in 1998. Why are white conservative Southern Democrats switching to the Republican party? And here's, here's the data he did. Here's the study he did. He compared it to the percentage of black people living in the county and then looked at the number of white people switching to the Republican Party. And he did it for the whole South, including Oklahoma and Missouri, for those of you who are confused about whether or not Oklahoma and Missouri are in the South. And in every single county in the South, and Delaware and Maryland too, just so we're clear, in every single county in the South where there was a large black percentage, there was mass defection of white conservatives to the Republican Party. With, with one regional exception, West Texas. In West Texas, there was a small black presence, but there was a large white conversion rate, <laughs> which is nice that there was that exception, right? Because then you can look to it and go, oh, thank God that we're not measuring the same thing, <laughs> right? You need the exception to prove the rule and there it is. In the rest of the South, if there was a large black population, I think I, I, the way I remember it was 15 or 20% you know to over 50 percent then you were going to flip parties otherwise you'd stay a democrat
4: so
3: what happened in oklahoma i mean all of it they had the uh black wall street i mean was that well, they burnt it to
1: the ground in 1920 so, yeah.
3: so it was after that then that they that they went in and saw that that blacks were actually being successful
1: yeah the the motto for oklahoma oklahoma and kansas used to be the center of American socialism. The motto for Oklahoma is labor shall prevail. The the Republicans are still trying to figure out how to change Oklahoma's motto. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're horrified. What do you mean labor shall prevail?
3: Do you you think that, um, this is kind of a a little off topic. Do you think that Trump is going to issue a blanket pardon to these people, these insurrectionists? Who flew I, have no, I, I don't think flag. he will.
1: I think he's worried about getting hit with an obstruction of justice charge. He's already facing so many legal actions. He just doesn't need another one. And, and I think at this point, it would be obstruction. All
0: right. So this, this story that you just told, are we done with it first
1: of all? Well, so, I, <laughs> the, so the question is why? Why are white Southerners switching to the Republican Party? And here's the answer. Because there was no functioning Republican Party in the South. It was an empty shell. And so if you were a white Democrat in the South and black people, you have to remember flipped from from basically 1933 until uh, somewhere in the early 70s, it took about four decades, but the black population in the South went from being Republicans to Democrats. So you're you're a white candidate in the Democratic party. You're having to deal with that that large black population. You either have to Mm -hmm. engage it, and say, yeah, I will distribute resources to your community as well to try and win the primary, or you have to get up there and be as flamboyantly racist as possible so that you can solidify your core group of voters. And it looked ugly because the Democratic candidates for office were dropping the N-word all over the place so that they could make sure everybody understood who they were And, and so... Saying the N-word had become taboo. So what do you do if you can't say the N-word? Become a Republican. It's a completely empty shell. There's no Black population in the Republican Party. And now you don't have to drop the N-word. Everybody knows that you're a racist because you're a Republican in the South. Mm
4: -hmm. (laughs) Exactly.
1: And Trump figured this out. His opening salvo in 2016 is Mexicans are racist murderers. Yeah. Mm -hmm and he, he overtly is racist, shithole countries. He, he, yeah. he figured it out. He, he knew the formula was to do what white democratic candidates had been doing.
0: Not to mention Muslims are, are sleeper Terrorism. cells, yeah. At best, sleeper cell terrorists that need to be put in concentration camps. He doesn't use the word concentration, mm-hmm. but camps.
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So in this moment, what, what we're seeing is the, that white population Feels like they failed. They've it's, lost control.
4: Speaking of Muslims, is that why 2002 was the date? The reason I guess is it comes right after 9/11, right? So That's that probably
1: played a role. The, but uh, the real role that Texas, the real reason that Texas flipped was the Republicans had gerrymandered mm. uh, the state so severely. <laughs> <laughs> they they used uh, in Texas the legislature is supposed to draw the maps. Well, the Texas House still belong to the Democrats, the Senate belong to Republicans, as, as long as they're willing to compromise and make a single map, they can send that to the governor and the governor signs it into law. And the Republicans simply refuse to play ball. And when that happens, it then goes to five executives. One was a Democrat, four Republicans, and the Republicans just drew the map the way they wanted to. And they gerrymandered that so ridiculous. <laughs>
3: I'm it in 78704 yeah. and I'm being represented
0: by Brazos County. Good for you. So here,
1: Austin has no district, oh, no home district.
0: So here's my question. Given what happened last week, um, how can we relate the story that you just told to explaining where the hell we are right now?
1: So what, what Trump has successfully done then is he said, look, you're an aggrieved white voter. You don't wanna share your resources with black and brown people, with Muslims. Follow me and I'll make America great again. And then when he failed, right? Because he didn't actually do anything. He built 200 miles of wall on a 2,000 mile long border. Mm-hmm. Obama built more wall than, than Trump did. <laughs> right. Obama deported more, more, more uh, undocumented immigrants than Trump did. And then he, he's defeated in the election. They don't know what to do because they, the writing is on the wall. The numbers are against them. It's going the wrong direction. The United States was 60.5% white when Trump was elected. It's 59% white now. I mean, that's that's a remarkable transformation for a four-year period of time. White and people
3: aren't having babies right now. That's, I mean, that's why. Just, white yeah. people have
1: a negative population growth in the United States, whereas everybody else is making babies. And good. So... <laughs> Good. So at the end of the day, the United States, again, it just boils down to racism and race and genocide and ethnic cleansing.
3: Do you really think that's, uh, that's uh, unique to the United States?
1: I mean, you know, South Africa made its attempt. The British and the French do ugly shit. Um, but the United States has it on a, the Chinese, the Indians are doing ugly shit. Uh, there's a, there's a, the India has a capacity for one million people in concentration camps. And China has has put one million people in concentration camps. Um, yeah, we're not alone.
0: You know, this question of the world united. Yeah, this this question actually comes up up a lot as in, you know, just human beings are sort of built, um, (laughs) close-minded and tribal and all Mm. of that. And that that's I think that's right on. The difference in my eyes has always been, especially as an immigrant, is the following. I came here with an understanding, with a sort of promise in my mind. And I was naive. I was a kid. I didn't know much about American politics, history. I knew more than most, but still. But the promise of this place, the reason why it's different, the reason why it says it's different, the reason why it claims it is different is because it's supposed to be different. It's supposed to be a place where, uh, other tribes come to coexist, to cohabitate. That is the premise of this congregation um, of coming together. Uh, Now it's based on genocide. It's based on enslavement. It's based on all sorts of shit. But at least there is, you know, there is the, the structurally it is built to, to, um, on a vision that's different than any other um, place perhaps maybe maybe Canada is different but Canada wasn't necessarily built on that vision right um so yeah <laughs>
4: yeah I'm I'm hmm. I. I want to Hmm. I feel a certain kind of way when we say that like human beings have this sort of inherent conservative tribal mindsets and I think that we do I also think that we have the capacity to sort of like think think across those Um, I think that the 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 reason we're seeing so much genocidal tendencies concentration camp tendencies these things in China and India and the United States is in part to just to do with like the, the the nation state a nation state is you know Uh, it it, it sort of ends up implying that it's an ethnic nation state, that there's one group of people for whom this nation was built, for whom the state exists, uh, and and that group of people will be sort of primal or the first citizens or the intended citizens or something like that. And everyone else is sort of subordinate in that kind of system. I feel like, you know, if we look throughout history, empire, like large land-based empires deal with diversity in different kinds of ways and are able to encounter that in a different way than, than single nation states are.
0: Yeah, thank you, Ramesh. I think, thanks for complicating that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think the introduction of the nation state as a category was really important. In like
4: fascism is based into yeah. that. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, although uh, even prior to nation states, uh, we did have a hierarchy of tribes, tribalism. So, yeah. So, so the tendency for domination <laughs> has been there. But yeah. Um, but like, I, I see
4: when I look at India, for example, in in sort of historic India, I see hierarchies. Yes, I see tribalism as heck. Yes, and I see the, the existence of multiple sort of nations on top of each other and uh, amongst each other in, in, in sort of common space. But like when India becomes a nation state, all of a sudden from the very beginning, I see mm. this uh, inevitable push towards like homogenization of a whole big class of those into one nation state group and then the others or the rest. And, and that's kind of what I'm thinking about. So yes, I did see like hierarchy before. I saw tons of tribalism, tons of sort of exclusion, inclusion, lots of in-groups and out-groups, but there were lots of them and there were pluralities of them. And it than was regional too.
0: Together. It was yeah, regional yeah.
1: and patchy, and yeah, yeah. And I, I also think it's worth throwing in that there were there were two types of empires because you brought up the empire. Mm. Um, there were the tolerant empires and the intolerant <laughs> empires, and you know, like so, Persia was a tolerant empire, mm-hmm. and they embraced and celebrated diversity. But at the end of the day, the Persians were at the top of the food chain. But but nonetheless, they still celebrated diversity. The Arab Empire, as for its short-lived two centuries, did the same thing. But the Roman Empire was genocidal, vicious, cruel, mm-hmm. and if you didn't conform, they, they wiped you out. Like the Dacians, right? Nobody knows where Dacia is today because the Romans were so thorough.
0: And also Pers- Persians for a relatively short period of time. It wasn't like all the way into Sassanians sure. or anything. No.
1: They be- just- but, but in part because of their conflict with the Romans. Uh, you had a tolerant empire and an intolerant empire, and they kept clashing, and eventually the tolerant empire became intolerant. Yeah, I don't know
0: how that worked out, but yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's a good response mechanism when you're in distress, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> if you can't beat them,
1: if you can't beat them, kill them. <laughs>
0: so, I'm wondering if we can focus on what happened last weekend because this is a news show, we got to keep focusing on what happened in the news, but yeah,
1: so okay, so. One of the things I want to talk about is the cops, the cops mm-hmm. letting them in and helping them. And, and, apparently there are members of Congress who- The
3: reconnaissance.
1: Did re- help them do yeah. reconnaissance. I mean-
4: yeah.
3: So when, when in our history, have we ever had something like this, where our, um, there are actual people within our government trying to bring it down from the inside?
1: I have an answer. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Give it to me.
1: Okay, so this is going to sound crazy, but this is actually our second coup attempt. Um, really, it's our third, because really 1824 was a coup, right? Yeah. <laughs> Andrew Jackson won that election. It was stolen from him, given to, to uh, John Quincy Adams. And then 1876 was also a coup, because Tilden really won that election, and it was given to Hayes through cheating. Okay, so th- so this is our fourth coup attempt. In 1932, when FDR was elected president, a group of Republicans and a group of businessmen got together and actually attempted to launch a coup d'etat. They, they decided that the way to do it was to get the Marine Corps involved. And they were gonna actually have the Marine Corps be the functioning military element to make the coup work. So they approached uh, Major General Smedley Butler, uh, United States Marine Corps, and they, they told them their plan. So the plan was that they were going to make all the policy decisions. They were going to tell them to Butler, and then Butler was going to deliver them to FDR, and FDR was going to become their puppet so that the Republican Party and those business leaders would still run the United States. Um, it's just they would have a Democratic puppet. Smedley so Butler said, I'm, a, I'm your man. Let's do this. And so they gave him the thing that, that he was going to read to FDR explaining that if he didn't comply, the Marine Corps was going to take him out. And he took the thing and he went to the wrong address. Apparently Smedley Butler wasn't really good with maps. This is before GPS, obviously it's 1932. He goes to the wrong, yeah, he went to the wrong building. He goes to the Capitol and he says, I'd like to address, <laughs> I'd like to address the house and the Senate. Oops. Now, normally you can't just do that, right? But Smedley Butler is one of only two human beings to win two Congressional Medals of Honor while still being alive. Like 90% of Congressional Medal of Honor winners get it posthumously and he had two. So he he goes up and he says, I want to address both houses of Congress. They're like, yeah, you're like a miracle. Who the hell are you? If you ever meet a Marine and you want them to cry, (laughs) say Smedley Butler, Uh, Chesty Puller and James Mattis, three in a row, those are their gods. They worship them, and they will immediately begin to weep from joy, Uh, and they're right for doing so. All three men are superhumans. Smedley and Chesty? Chesty, Smedley. And James.
3: <laughs> okay, I have my names for my brain. next animals.
1: Yes. Yeah, these are all dwarf names. That might yeah, be so funny. <laughs> yeah, Smedley,
3: chesty. I can't wait to introduce. I'm feeling my
1: really
2: weird friends. right now. Smedley. <laughs> yeah, Smedley makes me want to go like this. I'm Smedley. <laughs> Am I right? I'm going to tell you Smedley. what he does.
1: Let's see if you still feel that way. <laughs>
2: okay.
1: He- both sessions of both houses of Congress meet, and he reads the coup letter to them. Oh, my God. And, and that's why there was no coup. Wow. And then he turned around and wrote a book called War is a Rocket. And he said, in all my years as a general, I never once promoted democracy, defended democracy, or defended the United States. I was nothing more than a thug, his word, mm. for big business. Oh, wow. Yeah. No. Yeah, I, I worship Smedley Butler just for the record. Wow. So he was going after the people that go like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he was the anti-Smedley. And here's the yeah, best part. There you go. <laughs> None of the coup leaders were ever arrested or charged with this. No. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Were they, they were then.
4: respectable folks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they were
2: white, then. right? They were
1: not white. even then. <laughs> and Butler was furious. He was like, really? You're just leaving these guys? They tried to do a coup. What's wrong with you? And Congress don't you is think like, "Well, what's
3: going to happen, though? I mean, here, don't you think? Yeah. I think that will ready? happen
1: if the American people let it happen. I think if the American people punish politicians, and you can punish them all sorts of ways. You can vote them out of office, which we don't do, right? 95% incumbency re-election rate in this country. Yeah. You can You can protest. Don't, don't do insurrections, but protest. Oh, friendly,
3: <laughs> though. That's the question. Like, don't try
1: to kill pants.
3: Right, but, but are they going to even allow peaceful protests at certain buildings now because, because of what this is a great
4: They have state and local offices. Mm-hmm. Um, they have homes and addresses. Mm.
3: They can be doxed just like we can. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> and and we can do COVID safe protests, right? We can drive around their house, drive around their That's block, true. Uh, honks, around the block. with stuff, a
3: bullhorn yeah. that s- says mm-hmm. "Black Lives Matter" just on a <laughs> loop.
1: So mm-hmm. we do have a First Amendment right to peacefully assemble, right? And we also yes. have First Amendment to freedom <laughs> right to freedom of speech. the The problem is during the uh, Wa- Occupy Wall Street uprising mm-hmm. it, it, that spring, so the following spring, so spring of 2012. Congress, and you have to remember that the the House was owned by the Republicans, but the Senate was owned by the Democrats. Mm. They wrote a bill that limited the ability of protest of freedom of freedom of press at protests when the cops decide to bust the protest. And you have to remember, President, Democratic President Barack Obama signed that law. And so Our 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 rights to protest are severely curtailed. Yeah. Um,
4: well, already, they will, they will continue to be if we you know turn around from this and try to expand the, this category of terrorism domestically, regulate speech in that yeah. particular kind of way too.
0: Yeah, for sure.
4: This could be really yeah. ugly for the democracy. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. It's like a Patriot Act two, Patriot Act two or something coming. I don't know. We'll yeah. to see. Patriot
0: but... Act three. <laughs> <laughs> three. <laughs> <laughs> three. Yeah.
1: Well, it yeah. didn't pass. Patriot Act Two didn't pass, but then they chopped it up into little pieces mm-hmm. and they they attached it as riders to other legislation. It passed. Yeah, well, yeah. You, <laughs> parts of it passed. Yeah. Do you parts of it. Yeah.
2: When
3: Trump first took over, um, he was going to shut down Lafayette Square completely, and uh, now I guess he got his wish. I mean you silence the people you don't have anybody to rail against right yeah and by the way did anyone else notice that when he said we're gonna walk down to the Capitol," i don't know why he announced he uses this forceful way of speaking sometimes because it, it's just like oh my god quit yelling at me
1: Capitol. Have you noticed that his his voters, when they do a post on Facebook or send you a text, it's all in caps. All caps.
0: You're always <laughs> shouting.
1: It. Yeah, it's uh, a nervous
0: system issue.
1: Yeah, I think ativan, lorazepam, clonazepam. They need something. Xanax. I'm doing
4: the same. They put it I'm, in the water yeah. supply.
0: <laughs> it's like it's like my 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 advantages are being taken away from me. Ah.
4: Yeah. The
0: <laughs> nervous system you know, it, is on it, fire
4: urgency you have to act under now, attack actually, like, yes urgency for,
0: for, under attack boom boom, boom. yeah <laughs> it's a constant
3: barrage of um some kind of i mean for some of us i think it's legitimate we're afraid of our rights you know like freedom of speech yeah. and stuff like that but a lot god of these uh, most of these white people are you know just like you said oh my god i'm gonna have to share what no
1: so i've been an activist for three decades, I, I, I started in 90. So what is that, Thir- 31 years. And five years ago or so, a bunch of my conservative friends that I no longer have because Trump destroyed that possibility, um, were like, oh, things need to change. And I'm like, yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> I've been protesting for decades for change, but what do you see now that needs changing I was totally suspect, of course. And they would and they would say, well, don't you think something needs to change? And I'm like, yes, I do. But what do you think needs to change? And they would go, well, something needs to happen. And oh I go, God. great, why? What is it the thing you're complaining about? And they would go, something. Something <laughs> needs changing. True. Yeah, could you pin it down? Like, what is it exactly that's freaked you out? What is, what is it at this moment? And, of course, they can't say it. Because if they say it, what they're doing is they're admitting that, they're fi- they, it's the privilege that they're losing. And, and I don't even know if they, their brain could articulate it Right, it was too horrific to admit to.
3: Just listen to Lee Atwater's speech about his quiet speech about what the evolution of the word, <clears throat> the N-word and where it started and why you can't say it anymore it was with Nixon. And he was saying, that's how we win the vote is we just, you know we continue to pander um, and hopefully get their vote. Cause Nixon was a civil rights dude. I mean, didn't he sign something civil rightsy?
1: I'm unaware of him signing anything but I'm sure there might've been something. He, he definitely did interesting things like- uh,
2: The climate, something about the climate, right?
1: EPA, he's yeah. the guy created yeah. the EPA. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. earned income credit for your taxes. That was him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, he actually did some interesting things that I think most people would think are liberal. Um, he was definitely not a, a full fledged conservative, but then he also did some really crazy authoritarian stuff. So
3: odd that Trump doesn't want to be compared to him, especially
1: he had to resign. That,
3: well, but so he's a know, loser. He's
1: like a dead soul. He's a loser. Roger Stone, yeah. though,
3: I mean, he's in love with that guy, and they're very good friends. I, I just would have assumed that that would have been fine with him, you know. Um, but you're right; he, he did resign. But still, he's telling people they can't even say Nixon in the white. can't say it in front of
1: mm. them. Oh, wow. Yeah, because he's a loser. In Trump's world, there's losers and winners.
3: A tremendous yeah. loser.
1: There's nothing in between. Tremendous. <laughs> so what's
0: he
3: now?
1: Tremendously. What, what was that? Yeah.
3: <laughs> what's he now? He's a big... Bigly, tremendous loser, is he? Not in his eyes, right? Not in his <laughs> eyes.
2: In his eyes, he got cheated. So that's different. So you get to whine, like, kind of like we've been, the country's been doing to people that are, white folks that are entitled, babying them the whole time. So this comes back to the all caps, right? They're just crying. a different tantrum. Yeah, so that's what he's doing. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Which
1: brings us to a question that came up in last week's show about what happens now if he gets impeached twice. Um. So if- Yes. If he gets removed, so in in Texas, if you're removed from office, you're in indi- you're actually found guilty, you're impeached and then found guilty. You cannot run for office again. That actually happened to Governor Ferguson. He was impeached, removed from office. So his wife ran, Miriam Ferguson, and she became known as Governor Ma Ferguson, Ugh. and that's how he got back in. Except it turned out she had her own her own ideas, yep. and he didn't really get back in, and she became a, an actual governor. Um, making Ann Richards our second woman governor. But the um, in the United States, there is no such thing. What there is, is that the Senate, when they convict, can then determine what the punishment is. Yeah. And if they do decide, they can ban him from running for mm-hmm. office again. Mm-hmm. They, could, they could take away his executive privileges. They could take away the SS yeah uh like
0: secret service
3: can go yeah Yeah. it's
4: not gonna happen remember when
3: he threatened hillary with that
4: yeah he was gonna put her in prison
3: yeah (laughs) Yeah.
1: so um but if the 14th amendment gets pulled on him then he automatically loses it, uh, all that stuff.
0: 14th Amendment? Yeah,
1: because he would be found uh, to have, the 14th Amendment was created after the Civil War to, to say that you can't do this. You can't, you can't do insurrections and sedition and try to break parts of the United States off. You will be punished. Um, I, I can think that be,
2: Can that be enacted after, after, after he's out of office? Yes. Can they still go back to the, Okay. It's a
1: simple majority vote in both houses. It's so much mm-hmm. easier than impeachment. Okay. And it would just can
0: to, sit on those articles. I mean, at this point, Mitch McConnell has come and said, as of Friday that I listened to the news, um, he is not in public, but behind closed doors saying that. New
1: York Times said this. Said it. Yeah.
0: Uh, he is now saying that. that that good riddance, basically, we are ready to close this chapter. Like they are done. They, they were done with Trump before they had he's to play done. this they had to perform this whole last 4 years of whatever performance they did and now he's like they are ready to close this chapter they're ready to go to back convict. to business as usual with the, with the republican party
3: do you think he would vote to convict
0: though cuz i don't if yeah, the yeah i think in the he name said of he might
4: in the name of not I think the he's base, saying
0: yeah i think he's saying he might just to scare trump from inciting anything
1: mm-hmm.
0: more for the inauguration. The,
1: the question is, is what happens in the primaries? If Mitch is defeated by a pro-Trump, uh, hmm. if, if, if Mitch is defeated by a pro-Trump Republican in the primaries, right? That's his, that's his only concern. That's the only concern of any of these Republicans. This yeah. is why they were gonna be so loyal to Trump no matter what happened.
0: I don't know. It was really like uh, Cheney's daughter was really interesting to me. Like she basically shot herself at least in the leg
2: yeah she if jumped out there know. real quick right
1: it yeah right away. she was pretty
0: clear i which makes me think given the the machiavellian business going on in that family what are they brewing like i'm just wondering what's going the
2: Chene- on The i know yeah the cheneys mm-hmm. yeah yeah I too? think war's coming something. I don't know. I, yeah, I just have this weird <laughs> That's sense. Always a good bet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> freaks me out. Keeps me up at night. I'm like, man, we're going to get into some kind of war. So maybe she's part of that, being in, being in that, to push something somewhere.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, so uh, I don't know. Can you guys see this? You, you can't see this. No, oh, wait. wait oh, sort of. of. Oh. yeah. We see yeah? it. Yeah. Okay. So that's Trump's popularity right now, his approval rating. What is it? Um, is it the eight or the so I'm going to give you the number too. So so he's got fifty-eight point four percent disapproval, thirty-eight percent approval.
0: That's ten. That's a ten jump. It's a
1: seven-point seven jump, jump from from his Trump. April first high. His uh, high. He, he achieved the high four times right around April first. I think there were, but April on April first he did also achieve that high. He's he's about seven points lower, which is really remarkable. You can kill. Uh, 380,000 people right we're at 405,000 but the evidence is that only the first 20,000 were avoidable everything after were were unavoidable everything afterwards Mm. was totally avoidable so he killed 380,000 people led an insurrection he still got 38 percent approval but it is still a plunge he's definitely dropped I want to talk to that seven percent like what the dude told you from the beginning he was never gonna uh go along with the any election result that didn't give him a win. So like, are you, you're shocked that he tried to do an insurrection or have you not been listening to him? There oh, it wow. is.
3: There, there is. it is, okay. Yeah, exactly. It's like, have you guys been hiding this whole time? How do you, how can you say that you didn't see this? I mean, it's like-
1: Go over to April 1st, 2020. That was his, his, his non-inauguration high. It was a
3: uh, 45.8. You know, it's odd that, uh, do you think his high was because uh, he wasn't wearing a mask and he was so masculine? I,
1: I think it was a Hobbesian high. I think people were panicking because they were worried they were gonna die of COVID. Yeah. And uh, when when people panic, they rally around the, the sovereign. I mean, it's Thomas Hobbes, mm-hmm. the Leviathan right there.
3: Oh. <laughs> wow, okay. I do.
1: I do also think it's funny that April Fools was one of the four days. <laughs>
3: oh my god <laughs> that is pretty i wonder if he thought it was well he of course he thought it was real he didn't
0: you could well we talked about room. this last time right who are the people who are now jumping Ooh. ship the the lay people who are jumping ship bizarre and right. they you know they're like holy crap it, it feels like remember we talked to a friend's friend and yeah. they said they're they're yeah their family member
1: this is too far.
0: Yeah, it's like, oh shit, the system's crumbling. I'm actually, you know, I, 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 I get goods from this system. He's taken it too far because, like, this might not come back to. <laughs> this might start crumbling. Yeah, it's like, and then yeah, we're so
2: you You're talking about uh, McConnell, right? Talking so about McConnell or just uh,
0: Trump. or just the seven, the seven percent oh, okay. who oh, are the lay people, yeah. Possibly McConnell too, right? I'm thinking, yeah. McConnell's thinking, uh, yeah, I mean, we can't get let this beautiful system we've been working yeah. on for more than 200 years to crumble. Like, we can't it's, do it's, this. I mean, they desecrated
1: yeah. the Senate chamber.
4: Yeah. yeah. Thomas. did you want to say something? No, I, I was just saying it, it's this idea of this, this sort of sacred republic, these sort yeah. of sacred idols, this, this sanctified place, all of that being desecrated, mm-hmm.
0: right? Absolutely,
4: yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. It oh, was okay. like a scene happened, of man in, in the home. high
4: tower.
0: Not to man- not to mention the fact that mm-hmm. these people's lives literally came under attack.
1: Yeah, they were gonna lynch they, pants. yeah,
0: they yeah. they felt they felt death nearing the, the vulnerability. These people don't feel vulnerable, nothing can touch them. All of a sudden <laughs> no. their lives were under attack. This is think, real shit. Still and still care. under what? attack,
2: and still under attack, right? Um oh, so, oh, yeah. Because like with the COVID, right? Who knows how many got COVID? Because uh, Representative uh, Jayapal got COVID.
1: At least some three of them got COVID. Got
2: and
3: there yeah. were a couple of guys in there. There was a guy and a woman who refused to put them on. They were-
1: I saw them. the video of it. Mm-hmm. Somebody was videoing yeah. them Garnier <laughs> laughing at the-
2: Ridiculous.
1: <laughs> it's ridiculous.
2: I mean, I like uh, Nancy Pelosi's, like uh, her location was tweeted out by, uh, what was her name? Fobert. Um, Fobert. Yes. Yes. Like, I mean, so, yeah, she, they're definitely like, Oh, snap. It's like, how, how far, how much has to happen before they, they say, okay, yeah, this is just wrong. You know what I mean? That's 7%. Yeah. Also, why
1: did the SS take so long in evacuating pets? Like the SS literally, what, is it just me or is it weird that our secret service, has the same initials as Schutzstaffel, which was Hitler's bodyguard. It's not when
0: right
2: you right. keep
1: saying SS, that sort of makes you think of that. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, because they were both bodyguards.
2: And it's intentional, yeah. in-
0: <laughs> Roy P. OK. OK. It has,
2: <laughs> mor-
3: it has to be a daily moral dilemma to go be the Secret Service for Donald Trump. OK, <laughs> okay like- so we're but- running
0: out of time. I have a question going back to what you were saying, as in, you know, where are we going? things will be different folks will be held accountable um people in power will be held accountable if we hold them accountable and here's my question so who wasn't there at the capitol last week were the black lives matter folks were antifa all the protesters right nobody was there and thank goodness for that
1: i mean that was strategic and brilliant strategic
0: and brilliant so Yeah. Yeah. Skip today. Yeah.
1: Whatever is going to happen today, don't go. And then skip the the 20th. Yeah. Let let them take care of this. Watch
0: it on TV. But I love the fact that that there was coordination. Yeah. And that team working together. I was just I'm loving it. Yeah. It was
3: all over Twitter uh don't go you know everybody was telling everybody else just don't show up and and it was great and i really hope that they do that again because um i have a feeling this isn't over and let them fight each other let them show exactly how much they care about blue lives beat them with a flagpole blue lives
1: matter until they don't yeah
2: until they don't
3: (laughs) and Mm -hmm. on that note (laughs) i think we're gonna have to run this is a great discussion as usual y'all thanks for everyone thanks for tuning in and thanks to the hosts of this amazing and we will be back um next sunday and look for our uh podcast wherever you can find podcasts starting next week
0: (laughs) thank you how the inauguration goes
1: and and today
0: and today today, y'all be safe
1: I'm turning on the news.
3: Everybody
1: (laughs) say bye. Bye. Be safe. Bye,
3: everyone.